Hi, and welcome to the Super Anti-Aging Podcast with myself, Steve Halpern, and I thank you for listening and sharing these podcasts. So we can bring another viewpoint, maybe that people have not thought of or not aware of, which is the whole field of nutraceutical science. That's right, nutraceutical science just hasn't gotten the respect in mainstream that it should. Well, I think a positive thing that eventually will happen out of this nightmare is it's bringing together lots and lots of different scientists around the world in different fields, especially in the area of immunology, which might make a big difference eventually in cancer treatment. What they've seen is a similar kind of syndrome when they upregulate the immune system in cancer patients with you know being treated with immunotherapy where you take out certain immune cells and ramp them up and put them back in and often you'll get not often but many times you'll get this cytokine storm you know this inflammatory revved up of the immune system which is not a good thing and that's what they believe is happening we don't know all the reasons that we see this acute respiratory distress syndrome where the body starts attacking itself and eventually other organs in the system and with a high mortality. Now, way before the coronavirus, one of the leading causes of death in hospitals was septic shock. Same thing, the immune system overreacting so they can treat the infection with an antibiotic and yet you can wind up with septic shock. By the way, that's kind of interesting in any age. And this same thing, overreaction of the immune system, especially the inflammatory part of the immune system, and uh, very, very, very similar. Now, interesting scientific question, there are so many scientific questions being raised is that they found differences, mutated differences, in the Wuhan virus as opposed to Italy and the one that hit California. What that means, we're still not sure. And why, the big question is, why are there survivors and why are there people succumbing and I think if you look at it from a different point of view and say we have protection I've talked about this many times in my podcast from what's called oxidative stress a necessary biochemical process that goes on in every second of life it's important for our immune system and it's important for stem cells, it's important for um, endless, endless positive functions. But it needs to be controlled. And if it's not controlled or gets out of control, it can damage the system. Now, I've just reviewed a couple of studies, very interesting studies, and they found 
when they measured in people who had acute respiratory distress syndrome, high levels of oxidative stress. So there we have cause and effect. High levels of oxidative stress damaging the system causing an overreaction in the immune system. I think the fact that our medical system and hospitals have never had experience treating this volume of patients with this kind of condition. And so there's a difficulty in how do you treat this? And unfortunately, you know, nutraceuticals are not a big part of any of hospital-based treatment, no matter how good the science and no matter how good the studies. And yes, there are a couple of the hospitals I've heard in uh, Long Island, actually, who are experimenting with high-dose intravenous vitamin C as an antioxidant. So let me get back to what you can do. Okay. So you're a part of the survivors in addition to social distancing and the mask and washing your hands and doing all those kind of things you know how to do. Well, taking a little health survey and saying, where, where is my vulnerability? Okay, it's in my diet. Well, they've seen that you can generate oxidative stress just from a high-sugar meal or a high-fat meal. Well, that's not a good thing to do, okay, especially when the body's gene systems and antioxidant systems that are controlled by various genes is trying to defend against oxidative stress. Now, oxidative stress is probably a benefit. You're going to do it all the time. There's no such thing as I'm going to eliminate oxidative stress. And it's probably part of the initial defense system when exposed to the virus. But it's when that switch happens and your immune system overreacts. And we know there are major antioxidants produced by the body, antioxidant um, protection systems. And you want to do as much as you can right now. You know, it's, it's you know, that you have control over. You know, I see websites and they're suggesting 10, 15 different supplements. We don't know the interaction of all these things. And, you know, the affordability and the practicality of these is difficult uh, for many people. So, as I've said over and over again, my main players are glutathione, things that can stimulate glutathione production. One of the things is very, very simple. Garlic. Garlic contains cysteine. And studies have been shown, both fresh garlic and you can find uh, aged garlic and deodorized aged garlic. And there are lots of supplements out there, including, you know, just using the garlic. And you can certainly include ginger, which is anti-inflammatory. You can include your berries, 
very, very important, all the different berries. And I think, you know, doing what we already have experience with, which is um, modified intermittent fasting can reduce the oxidative stress. And exercise again, but don't... I If I was doing a lot of uh, heavy endurance exercise, I might come back for a while because that can generate lots of inflammation, oxidative stress, and if you have an exposure at the same time, it's not a good idea. Okay, so we got the exercise covered. No, I mean, look, there are a lot of people in the health field like myself, you know, sharing different ideas. But the practicality of getting these into mainstream is not real right now. Yes, ozone is used in Germany and ozone, intravenous ozone can kill viruses and and have a beneficial effect. But it's, you know, in the, quote, holistic field. So again, let me let me go back to what I think is a real good supplementation program. I think having good omegas, omega threes, fish oils, a good fish oil supplement. I think having adequate vitamin D, coming out of winter, it's probably not a bad idea to do at least five thousand units of vitamin D a day. I think that's important. If you want to really up your vitamin D utilization, you can take a vitamin K supplement, K1, K2, because there's been some issues with blood clotting and the coronavirus. But I think that's related to to this whole inflammatory process that we see. I only wish in an alternative universe the pharmaceutical scientist people could talk to the nutraceutical science people and we can come to a mid-ground, but it's not a reality right now. So let's get back to it. The last thing I said was vitamin K. I think mushrooms are great. You know, all sorts of mushrooms. You can include them in your diet. Rishi and Ganoderma and Tataki mushrooms are great. Various sprouts are wonderful. Like I've always, I've been talking about so many times. Broccoli sprouts are great. Mixing all your sprouts together is a good idea. You know, if you um, affordability can't get on the broccoli seed, you know which I absolutely recommend. You know Vitalica supplements. Dot com physicians Vitalica. This was the one developed by John Hopkins. Turns on antioxidant gene systems. Turns on many balancing immune systems in the body. So important. Good research. Very safe. And you don't need a prescription for it. Okay. Getting back to originally what I was saying a little ways back on glutathione, yes, the sulforaphane produced by the broccoli seed will increase, will increase glutathione. 
Same with the, same with um, you know the garlic. So it's not a bad idea. I think also in your protective remedy, I think elderberry is wonderful. <laughs> it's been around quite a while. An elderberry supplement, an elderberry juice, or an elderberry, you know, they come in little bottles too, I think is a great idea. I think there's some good science behind it. Whether it affects glutathione, maybe some of the anthocyanidines. I think that our lipoic acid, lipoic acid, our lipoic acid, can help stimulate glutathione, maybe, you know, 200 milligrams. It's been around a long time. Either regular vitamin C up to 1,000 milligrams in a divided dose. And, you know, for what I would call high-risk patients, I would uh, get some uh, liposomal vitamin C, which might have a little different absorption, maybe almost equal to um, a vitamin drip. And if you've been on, you know, something like DHEA, certainly stay on it. I think that... So I think if we can, for a moment, project into... Oh, I was going to say, if you had DHEA, continue to take it. Right? I think there's going to be a lot of good that's going to come out of this. When we recover... And, you know, our healthcare system. Hopefully, we'll have a vaccine, our economic system. I think what we learn from this and what we're learning from this, especially in the scientific, you know, community, will make a difference in many other health conditions. So, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it, subscribe, put it on your Facebook. I have documentation and studies on everything that I say. Just, you know, unless someone really wants to go and do the homework, um, you know, into all the different um, scientific databases, they're not going to find it. So, again, this is Steve Halpern. Stay healthy and stay well.